Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. Cause I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody, all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is Welcome to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern flying solo yet again this week. We have two guests, our, our second guest today, and she's going to be on the last segment, and she's a woman I've worked with for a long time from our sister station here at uh, at Odyssey. She is the morning host, Elizabeth Kay, and, and I can tell you that if you know anything about Elizabeth and the, the journey she's been on here the last couple of months, she donated a kidney to a complete stranger and in turn was able to save her mother-in-law's life. And we had a conversation about what that's done to her in, in her in her faith. And I wanted to kind of have her on to tell that story. The first three segments of today's show. This guy, I'll tell you what, this guy and I have more in common than than you think. And he uh, he's impressive. We talked for quite a while off the air. He's a retired football coach from Fox Valley Lutheran High School. He's a WFCA Hall of Fame member, inducted in 2005, and he's the author of two books. He is Gene Struess. That's pretty close, right? Oh, that you got it. You Man, nailed it, Mike. There Thank it you. Is. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I don't I don't nail anybody's last name, Gene, so I appreciate that. Hey, Gene, first and foremost, um, thank you for coming on. And if I had told you back at your high school days in Minnesota that you one day you'd be the author of two books, what would you have told me? <laughs> you know, three years ago, I would have said you're crazy. <laughs> And I have people that coached with me and that taught with me, and they say, Gene Struess, you wrote two books? <laughs> you know, but, but you know, you're, you're 70 years old, and you're stuck at home with COVID. When COVID started, we couldn't go anywhere. Right. And that's when it all started. Hey, let's, let's talk and start the show kind of with your upbringing, you know, where you grew up, where you went to high school, how you ended up in this great state of Wisconsin. And before we do that, you would consider yourself a cheesehead now, right? Oh, absolutely. boy. <laughs> no. Okay. I'll tell you, my wife and I would drive back to Minnesota to visit our parents and our relatives, and we were coming back home to Appleton one Sunday afternoon. The Packers were on one station, the Vikings on another station. We wanted to listen to the Packers. I knew I was a cheesehead then. Well, and look, I... I don't know Marilyn, but I'll tell you what, I kind of like her right now. I got it. <laughs> I kind of I kind of have a little crush on on Marilyn. So you let her know that. Hey coach, so you you uh, you grew up up in Minnesota, correct? Yes, I I was born in Red Wing, Minnesota on the Mississippi River. And uh I was baptized when I was like a week or two old, and I grew up in a Christian family. And I went to St. John's Lutheran Grade School. And I was about, I think, a 7th or 8th grader. And my principal said, you'd make a good Christian teacher. Oh. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? I packed my bags. I went 90 miles away to a Lutheran high school, started training to be a, a Christian teacher. And uh, that's where it went. The it rest started is... about in 7th grade when my teacher told me wow. he, thought me he thought I'd be a good Christian teacher. 
Isn't hey, that something? It, that is unbelievable. Gene, I've, I've got family that live, uh, a cousin in, in Lake Elmo, another, uh, my uncle lives now in, in Brooklyn Park. And I used to take the midnight train, I did it a few times, midnight train out of Milwaukee um, up to uh, up to the Twin Cities, and we would go through Red Wing, Minnesota. Yeah, and yeah, I used you would. I I've never ever met anybody that grew up there, but every single time, I would go, man, I bet there's a bunch of hockey players. Red Wing, Minnesota, just sounds like a hockey town to me. You know, it it wasn't when I was a kid, but it is now. Isn't that you something? Know, it was, when, when I when I was a child growing up, you know, in the fifties and early sixties. The hockey was all up north, you know, Brainerd, Hibbing, the Iron Range. But uh, it, it worked its way down. It's, Boy, it's, it's across the whole state now. And, well, that, and the I name, have, just I have the a name. grandson who plays hockey. Awesome. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go see him play baseball this weekend. But his hockey season just ended. Man, well, just the name of the town. And I didn't. I didn't know anything about the town. Never looked it up. I just knew that we'd go through Red Wing, Minnesota, and every single time, I thought, man. There's got to be some hockey players in this town. Hey, uh, Coach, did you play? Were you a multi-sport athlete in high school? Were you a football guy? What did you play? I was a I was a football player. I was on the varsity four years in football. My freshman year, I was the kicker. And then uh, basketball, I could never shoot because, you know, at the Christian school I went to, we didn't have a gym. So when we played basketball, it was out in the snow. I was wearing a, a parka <laughs> and mittens. So when I got to the gym, I was overshot by a couple of feet. But uh, my my freshman and sophomore year of high school, I played basketball because the uh, the JV basketball coach was the football coach, and he didn't want Gene Stris getting fat for football, so he wanted me in shape all winter. Had a boy, smart I, smart I basketball played, coach. I played, uh, baseball. I played a lot of baseball in my life. Man. That was my first love before I started coaching football. Man, good good for you. And and as a as a high school football coach at Fox Valley Lutheran. Uh, did you preach multi-sport athletes? Did you did you uh, want your kids to play other sports? Oh, absolutely. See, I was athletic director for 39 years, too. And as an athletic director, you want kids to play every sport. Because what happens, if, you know, I, there was a soccer coach once said, I don't want soccer players that play year-round. They come out for practice, they're just not fresh. He said, I want guys who maybe play baseball in the summer, and now they come in the fall, they're fresh. And the other thing is, it's like cross training. You, you know, if as a football coach, if I had a kid, I wanted to teach him how to punt, he'd be a multi-sport athlete because he he used all his muscles. A kid who did one sport maybe couldn't learn to punt, but multi-sport athletes could. Yeah, I as a basketball coach, I loved I you know, and I and, and I made this joke to somebody today. I loved soccer players because they could run all day. None of them could shoot a lick, but boy, could they defend. <laughs> And if I could make sure that they understood that they look, the reason they're wide open is the other team scouted us. So don't shoot the ball; just play defense, <laughs> rebound, and do all yep. all the other things that I'm asking you to do. Hey, Gene, um, if if somebody were to catch you and have a five minute conversation and would say to you, "Hey, tell me about what it was like coaching football at Fox Valley Lutheran," what would you tell them? It was a dream job. You know, once in a while, people will say. If you could start your life over and you could pick your dream dream job, what would you pick? I would say being a high school math teacher in a Christian school and coaching football in a Christian school. I, I, I lived a dream, just a dream. Boy, that what a nice thing. That That's awesome. And look, I, I've got to believe as coaches there, you know, there are some peaks and valleys in this, but at the end of the race, at the end of the journey, when you're done coaching, if that's what you can say, look, that was a dream job, and I would go back and do the same thing all over again, I think that's just a wonderful testimony, not only to, to you and to the to the administration, but the entire school and the community at Fox Valley Luther. Now, here, I, I say this all the time. When I retired from coaching football, I lost my pulpit. When you are a coach in a Christian school, you were teaching Christian living. And when you re retire from that, your pulpit's gone. You know, life is a little more difficult for you because you're so used to helping young children mature into, you know, mature into uh, Christians. No doubt. Hey, these two books, and and we're gonna, I'm gonna tell you a couple of times, in fact, a number of times throughout the show on how to get, how to buy these books. You're gonna email 
Gene, and you can say, look, I heard you on Faith in the Zone. Uh, it's G Struts. It's G Struts. It's S-T-R-U-S-Z. It rhymes with moose, by the way, Struce. 67 at gmail.com. It's G-S-T-R-U-S-Z, the number 67, at gmail.com. And the two books, uh, Morning Prayers for a Christian School and Essays on Coaching Athletes. And, I look, I'm, I'm trying to put the two together because I'm trying to figure out essays on coaching Christian athletes. But these two books, I think, are um, really nice tools for guys that that are coaching, for parents that that want to be able to give their kids advice, not only as athletes but as as just to be better kids, and I think there's something in 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 both of these books for pretty much anybody that listens to this show, Coach. You know, I think it's I think I made a mistake on the on the coaching one. I should have named it for parents too. I mean, it's good for anybody. And the and the prayers. See, I had the morning prayer on Wednesday mornings at our school. Christian schools always start the school day with prayer. Yep. Somebody comes out on the PA system and begins the day with prayer. And I was assigned Wednesday mornings. And I would keep those prayers. And then maybe a couple years later, I'd take the prayer and I'd rewrite it and improve it. And when I retired, the vice principal said, I'd like your prayers. And I said, oh, they're in a three-year binder. And it's a mess. I got them scribbled up. You know how things go, how you rewrite things. Sure. So I started to write my prayers, meaning to give it to the vice principal. He's now the principal. And COVID came. And, you know, in COVID, you're sitting home and you're going through file cabinets, throwing away taxes from 12 years ago and things. And I thought, oh, here's my prayers. So I sat down and I put them in book form. And when it became published, the first thing I did is I went to Fox by Lutheran and I gave it to the principal. And I said, here's the book I want you to have. Oh, man. That's awesome. Because you, you, because you see, when you're the principal, if you're in charge of 180 mornings and 180 afternoons to school, you know, open and close the day, and you're busy. You're running the whole school. And all of a sudden you say, oh, school starts in five minutes. I got to have a prayer. Well, grab my book. I got one for you. Perfect. That's perfect. Hey, speaking of the um, the book that, that I want to talk most about, I, and we're going to talk about this, but the table of contents, the second uh, paragraph, kissing your spouse goodbye, I think is, <laughs> you know what, as coaches, you know what? I saw that and I said, okay, yeah, yeah, he had the same life I did because basketball season is a long season, but I would kiss her goodbye and, and show up again in March sometime and reintroduce myself and try to keep holding hands with her. But, you know, you, you kind of went through the same stuff. And when we talked off the air, you said, look, the, the, the night before we opened camp one year, I was up in Green Bay at a, uh, I think it was at a play, a musical we, or something. Yeah, we went to a musical. Yeah. We love musicals. Do yeah. you? To that's me, good. that's a great night. You go out for a meal, you go to a musical, and musicals have a happy ending. You know, yeah. what a way to spend an evening. So the whole story with the kissing your spouse goodbye is you tell the kids that, and the kids are gullible, and they think, hey, coach is going to give his whole life to us right now. But in reality, you don't ignore your wife for three months while you're coaching. No. But, you know, it's a, it's a good line to use with the kids. And, uh, and then I, I'd do it to my wife. I'd kiss her. I'd say, well, I'll see you. I'll see you when playoffs are done. <laughs> and we'd chuckle, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, um, Gene and I also talked about testimony. And we, we had a little discussion on the phone today that I thought was really, really good. A couple of Christian men talking a little bit about their faith, and, and there's a little bit of difference between him and I. But I really want to talk a lot about these books, and I want to talk about his career. Again, Wisconsin Football Coaches Hall of Fame in 2005. He was the uh, football coach and athletic director at Fox Valley Lutheran and the author of these two books, Morning Prayers for a Christian School and Essays on Coaching Athletes. You can pick up these books. You send him an email, and he'll he'll uh, email you right back and make sure that that you get your hands on these books. It's Gene Struess. It's S. It's G S T R U S Z sixty seven at gmail.com. If you're driving, you know how to get a hold of me at the radio station. Leave me a message here, and I'll get you that email address. But I'll say it a number of times throughout the show. This is Faith in the Zone on twelve fifty AM. The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. 
Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The fan, I'm Mike McGivern. Our, our special guest for the first season, three segments, he is Gene Struess. He is an author. He is a Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame member and retired football coach at Fox Valley Lutheran. These two books, Morning Prayers for a Christian School and Essays on Coaching Athletes, we'll continue to talk about. And again, throughout the show, when you uh, stop driving or if you're at home, if you want to email him to pick these books up, what's the cost on the books, Gene? Um, the prayer book I, I sell for eleven dollars, and the coaching book for sixteen. So for for twenty seven dollars, you know what, guys? This is the perfect Mother's Day gift. Buy them both, then you get to read them. That's what well, I'm you, thinking. You buy them both, I'll give them for twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. <laughs> I don't know how you go wrong with that. It's G S T R U S C, the number sixty seven at gmail dot com. And again, I'll do this throughout the show. But twenty, you, you remind him in that email, you're going to buy them both, 25 bucks, the perfect Mother's Day gift, and then you get to read them is what I'm thinking. So, Coach, let's this second segment, we always ask guys for their testimony, and um, this one's a little bit different than we've had uh, before. You believe that, that uh, um, you have been a Christian since day one. Yep. I, I was born in a Christian family. I was baptized in, in an art. In our Lutheran uh, faith, we, we tend to baptize a week or two after a child is born. Or health problems, they might baptize them right away in the hospital or the next day. And uh, I went to a Christian grade school. I went to a Christian high school, a Christian college. I did not, I did not attend a public college until I got my master's degree, master's degree at UW Oshkosh. So I was, you know, I'm, I'm a lifelong believer in Jesus as my Savior. So, the, so for me, and we had this discussion. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, going where yeah. where Gene doesn't know I'm going. Um, you know, I firmly believe that that you have to fully accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and and that's what I see in the Bible. That's the way. It's through Him. That's the way you get to heaven. And your belief is that He chooses you. Yeah, see, and, and it's the same thing. I mean, in 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 John 15, Jesus said, "You have not chosen me." You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Yes. And, uh, and that's what we believe. Yeah. Now, Jesus died for everybody's sins. But we have, we have a sinful nature, and we have the ability to turn him away. But he's died for all of our sins. Yeah. No, no matter if it's a small sin or a great sin. Like you mentioned, stealing a, a candy bar or you know, committing murder, there's, they're all forgivable by Jesus. He is uh, Coach Gene Struess, and again, uh, I, I can tell you that we had just a, a really, um, I thought, very calm discussion. And and these are two, we're two Christian men just talking to each other, saying, "Hey, this is kind of what I see, and this is what I believe." And I went through classes to do this. Hey, hey Coach, were you um, were you better in the locker room to, talking about your faith? Were you better in the locker room? Outside of the locker room, are you the? Were you always the same as far as when if you had to approach somebody or somebody approached you and said, "Hey, can I talk a little bit about your faith?" Were you better in one uh, arena or the other? I like to think I was consistent, consistently the same. Yeah, and you know, as a coach, what is your job as a coach? Is to teach the kids to mature, and in a Christian school, Christian maturity, and the the whole key is to be even keel. I was big at not getting too excited and not getting too low because coaches and players that get too high, if something goes wrong, they just tank it. I want the athletes and the coaches to be the same in every practice, every game, even keel, and just do your job. 
Hey, Coach, when we had Bobby Bowden on, you know, he he talked and he was on Faith and Zone talking about his faith and and really strong Christian and his sons have been on the show as well. And and I asked him this, and, and, and I think it's a, a good question for you as well. I, I said, uh, Coach Bowden, how how hard was it for you as a man that that really kind of preached your faith and tried these kids to, you know, tried to get them to church? And when you had a player who did some things that that were not right, you know, against the law or got in a bunch of trouble, did you did that did that affect you as their their coach? And and he said something like, you know, not so much in the beginning, but as I got a little bit older, and I thought I got better at really opening up and 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 showing them in the Bible and talking about my faith, it did affect me a little bit because these are like my kids. And so if my kids got in trouble, it I I hurt. It hurt me. And I'm wondering um, as the head football coach at Fox Valley Lutheran, if you had kids that did some things that um, maybe they shouldn't be doing, uh, how did how did you handle that, and did that affect you personally? Well, first of all, as a, see, I was athletic director for 39 years, and I would train the coaches to expect it. There is sin, and people are going to screw up. So the the way to get really disappointed is to think that your kids aren't going to goof up. Right, they are going to goof up. And when you meet with the children, who have, you know the athletes that have have done wrong, and you go through it, and you you look at it as a learning experience, and say God works all things together for His good, so something good's going to come out of this, and that's what you got to conv- convince the athletes of. You know, ask for forgiveness. You're forgiven if you got caught breaking train rules, and we move forward. But there might be a penalty. You might have to. You might be suspended for some games. But you know, once it's once the price is paid, you move forward. No doubt. Hey, in uh, again, these two books that we're talking about: "Morning Prayers for a Christian School" and "Essays on Coaching Athletes." Um, Coach, in the table of contents, um, there's a couple that really caught my eye, and, and I told you about the first one with kissing your spouse goodbye. Um, the other one that really that I highlighted right away, um, page 43 and then page 45. Athletics is not that important. Athletics is important, so they're, you know, yeah. you're contradicting, and I just love that because I agree with you. I, I agree. Like, ath- athletics is really important, and in the same sentence, I can say athletics is really not all that important, and, and right in your book, athletics is not important, and then you come back with athletics is important. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. See, when, as athletic director, when I talk to the parents, like me, I talk to all the fall athletes' parents before the fall season. And I would tell them it's not that important. You know, some people, they spend more money on sending their kids to camps, and they could take that same money and pay for the first semester of college. And in the end, it's not that important. And, and I'm sure some of them walked out there thinking, this guy is a football coach and athletic director, and athletics is not. Well, you know, there's things more important. Like you and I talked off the air this afternoon about um, Jesus is the way to heaven. Correct. Well, that's important. Yes. That's important. Athletics is not important. And then what would happen, I'd be in the hardware store, the grocery store, and I'd bump into a parent. And the parent would say, you know what, I thought you were crazy at the time, but you're right. My daughter played one year of college volleyball, and it's not that important. She quit. There's more important things in life. Now, on the other hand, athletics is important because look at all you learn. Teamwork, you know. Work ethic. Just, I mean, there's there's a multitude of things you learn from playing a sport. A hundred percent. I yeah. I, I I highlighted those two because I thought, my goodness, is he reading my mind on this? Because I've gone through and in the same sentence, I've said it is important, but it's not that important. And and there it See, is that, that's in the your word. book. That, hey, it is not that important. Correct. It is not that important. I agree with that. And there, yes. but there are so many important lessons. Hey, um, there's another paragraph. Um. Uh, coaching uh, your own kids, and you had, you had coached three of yours, and yes. I coached my son Matthew, and and there was a book written by a basketball coach up in Dodgeville called Coaching Our Sons, and it's an older book, Coach Tank, and I read this thing a couple of times the three years I was coaching my son Matthew, and I think we got better. You know, that first year I coached him, it was difficult for both of us because I, I thought I had to be his coach 24-7. And I didn't. I had to be his coach maybe until we got to the kitchen table after a practice or a game. But then I was his dad. 
and I had to let stuff go. And I'm wondering how it went for you and your boys and, and, and your wife because it really does. It messes a little bit with the family dynamics when we're coaching our kids. Um, I don't think so. I did, I did not have a problem, and I did not get pressure from parents of other athletes. The key is the essay that I've written about every athlete has to feel important. Yes. I worked really, really hard at making sure every athlete participated in every practice. There's nothing worse than being a third string and watching the practice, and they go home and say, why was I there today? I didn't do a thing. So I would make sure that, you know, skill building, everybody worked in. When you had team units, and if you're working your first team offense, second, third guys rotated, they all got to play. And see, when it comes to game time, is the kid feels important all week, and he gets his share, his fair share. If he doesn't get in the game, then he doesn't worry about it. And he tells he tells mom and dad, you know, don't go to the coaching and play because I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be. And then, if all the kids feel important, they know where they fit, and they know where your kids fit too. Yeah, I, so. I I agree with that. Um, I I don't know. I struggled with with the part of look. My son has a turnover, and you take him out. Your son has three turnovers, and you don't take him out. <laughs> and I'd say, well, look, he's got a lot of equity in the bank with me. Like you know, he had four assists, three steals, and he hit four. You know, had had four shots that he hit nothing but net, and then he had those turnovers. Your son comes in, doesn't play a lick of defense, and throws the ball straight out of bounds. I, I struggle with that. Plus, your son doesn't come to practice very often. And so well, we, we'd have yeah, to have those yeah. discussions. If practice, well, that, that says it all right there. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. They, they, have to, they have to love to be there. They don't want to skip practice. They want to be there. 100%. 100%. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, as we're talking again, he is Gene Struess. He is he is a Wisconsin Football Coach Association Hall of Fame member. 2005 was put in. Author of two books, retired football coach, state champion, retired football coach, Fox Valley Lutheran. These two books, Morning Prayers for a Christian School, Essays on Coaching Athletes. And and I got to tell you, I this uh, – I'm so interested in picking this book up now after getting the table of contents. And and when I start reading some of these, you guys that listen to this show, I'm telling you, there's there's something in both of these for anybody listening. If you go and, and if you send Gene an email and you want to buy these for your for your wife or for your mom for Mother's Day, you buy them both twenty five dollars, eleven dollars for the for the morning prayers for a Christian school, sixteen dollars. Essays on Coaching Athletes, you can do it this way. You email him at G-S-T-R-U-S-C, the number 67 at gmail.com. That's G-S-T-R-U-S-Z, the number 67 at gmail.com, and let him know that you're buying both books. It's 25 bucks. I don't know how you beat that. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Kellner, only on 1250 AM, The Fame. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight, you picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen and you changed the world well the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose welcome back to faith in the zone on 1250 am the fan i'm mike mcgivern our special guest but i i enjoy this guy a lot and and i promise that we're gonna have him back on who knows he might have two more books written by the time we get him back on in six months you just never know with him he is gene Struess. He is a retired football coach, Fox Valley Lutheran, the author of two books, Morning Prayers for Christians for a Christian School and Essays on Coaching Athletes. 
Hey, Coach, going through, again, the table of contents and a lot of these are jumping out at me, and, and we're not going to have enough time to, to ask you what helicopters and snowplows means, you know, um, who's in charge, shooting yourself in the foot, know your place, Coach. Coach, get real. All these things that I just can't wait to pick the book up because these I just think these are going to be really interesting for a guy like me um, as a parent and as a coach. But I, I looked, and, and later in the book, there's two that jumped out, pregame prayer and thank you, God, amen. And and I did a lot of the pregame prayers for the teams that I had coached, and sometimes I struggle a little bit with it. And I'm wondering your, your mindset on the pregame prayer. Well, I had I had a pregame prayer. I know I, I've used it every single game when I was a varsity coach. I can't remember when I was the JV coach if I used it or not, but, but there's certain things that you always want to say, and I wrote it, and I used it every single game. You know, hundreds of times I use the same prayer. Um, first of all, you know, you call on your Heavenly Father, and then you, you want to use your ability. God has given you ability, so you're praying, God, let me use the ability that you've given me. Composure. You know, when you're out there representing the school and you're representing your Savior, you better behave out in the field. So we prayed about that. Um, football is a team sport, and I don't care what your role is, you pray to God to fulfill your role on the team. Um, a lot of sports, almost every sport nowadays is a uh, contact sport, and football is a collision sport. So we would ask the Lord to keep us and our opponents free from serious injury, and every day is an opportunity that God gives you. And football games, basketball games are great opportunities. So you thank God for the opportunity to show your faith. And then we close the prayer in Jesus' name because he's our mediator. Amen. So, so Amen. That, that was that was my pregame prayer. And, uh, you know, I've seen it on Facebook where a former player is using my prayer when he coaches the seventh grade girls. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you as a coach say something, you don't know if the kids ever remember it or not, but turns out they do. You know, 30 years later, they're, they're coaching seventh grade basketball using my pregame prayer. Boy, that does that make you feel good, Gene? It does. That means oh. they were listening, and they might have been looking around at, you know, what's on the ceiling or laughing or looking at their buddy or whatever, but they were listening. And and you had, you had made a comment when we talked this afternoon that, that Coach had said um, to you, be care- you know, be careful what you say because they are always listening. And it's so true. It's so true. And the other thing is, you listen with your eyes. And when I spoke to the players, they better look. You know, you said about they might be looking at the ceiling, but they're listening. They better look at your eyes. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's when they pay attention. That is. So. Hey, the the other uh, in the table of contents right after pregame prayer, you uh, there's another chapter. Thank you, God. Amen. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, I don't like it. When somebody pounds their chest, you score a touchdown, you go, me, 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 me. And uh, I sometimes get irritated when I read sports magazines because they make athletes out to be gods. Athletes are not gods. And, and I wished I would have learned this early in my career. But towards the end of my career, I told the players, show humility. You get a key first down, you know, third and 15, and you get the first down. Or you score a touchdown. Don't go pounding yourself on the chest. Just quietly jog back to the huddle of the sideline and say, thank you, God, amen. And, you know, life is that way, too. God blesses us all the time. And we're so quick to complain when something doesn't go right. Well, when something goes right, thank you, God, amen. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. Gene, were you taking notes, you know, just taking notes throughout your career, or did you sit down and, and start writing essays on coaching athletes and just, you know, come up with all of this stuff because, you know, again, shooting yourself in the foot and tough love and well-rounded and who's in charge, these are all, you know, different chapters in this book. And I'm wondering if if you had notes from years ago or is this something you just sat down on your computer and did? Well, when you're athletic director, you have those preseason meetings with parents of all different sports. Right. And there's certain topics, like everybody thinks their kid's elite. No, they're not elite. So I would sit down and I write myself a couple of paragraphs to get it clear in my mind. So when I presented a public speech, I didn't look like an idiot. I wanted I wanted to know what I was going to say. So the prayer book I wanted to write for Christian teachers. That was my gift to them. Yes. And then when I got done with that, COVID was still going on. Well, what am I going to do now? 
I had on my computer, I don't know, maybe about 12 or 15 little essays that I had compiled over the years to get things clear in my mind. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to share those essays. And I sat down, and it took me less than five minutes, maybe three minutes. I wrote 30 more topics that I'd like to talk about. Wow. So pretty soon, I ended up with, you know, I had 40, 45. Oh, here's, and you know what, the book is published. And I keep thinking of more and more that I can add to it. Well, you know what? There maybe there's essay on coaching athletes number two coming. Well, <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find Second out. Marilyn, <laughs> Marilyn might say, "Hey, go in your offices, keep writing. You go in there and you keep writing." Hey, guys, there's a couple of these two books, and again, "Morning Prayers for a Christian School" and "Essays on Coaching Athletes." I know the people that listen to the show. Both of these books, I promise you. There's going to be something in both of these books for you, for your family, for your kids, for your wife, for your husband. And I, this is a perfect time to be able to do this. If you email Gene today or tomorrow, um, he'll get these books out pretty quickly to you. You can email him at this, G-S-T-R-U-S-Z, the number 67 at gmail.com. Or get a hold of me, and I'll get you his email address. Again, it's G-S-T-R-U-S-Z. 67 at gmail.com. Hey, Coach, real quick, we only got a couple of minutes. If I were to be able to go back, give you one game, one football game that you either coach or played, and you get to a redo, you get to do it one more time, is there anything that pops in your head? Well, we beat Wanaki for the state championship. I'd love to do that again. There it, is. there it is. So, look, when we're talking this afternoon, you talked about having to play, you know, smash him, bash him, Mr. Uh, Coach Dick, bash yeah. him over at Marquette and Billy Young. And, you know, you're talking about some of the best high school football coaches ever in, in, in the state of Wisconsin. And that was a tough putt to get through those boys in the old WISA. And uh-huh. then you go over the WIA and you go win a state championship. That man, had to feel good. Yeah. And, you know, and like losing the Dick Bash, he's a gentleman, yes. you know, yeah, just yes. a gentleman. Yeah. So, well, and, you, you know, know it's in funny. The end, he just outmanned us. You know, it's funny really quickly when um, they uh, they asked me years ago to be the sideline reporter for the Thursday night high school football game of the week. And I go down to, to the TV station and I said, first of all, I said, have you seen me? You sure you can't you don't have the money to hire a pretty girl. You want me? And they laughed. And I said, who do you th- who are you going to have do the play by play in color? And they mentioned a couple of names. I said, ah, the color analyst, don't you want like a Hall of Fame football coach who just retired? They go, well, who do you have in mind? I said, Dick Basham. They yeah. said, do you know him? I said, yeah. So I called him. He goes, are you kidding? I'd love that. And he brought his assistant, Terry Kelly, with him to do stats. And then Dick said, you know what? I'm going to spend a lot of time up in Door County. Terry Kelly st- sat in. And now Terry's the color analyst for that game. And and uh, Dick Basham is a gentleman, and so is Terry. He Tom. sure is. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of both of those guys. He, he and I, he and I for years were on the the Wissa football committee. Did and, and you know he'll come out and tell you that he was all for um, going over and playing the boys in the WIAs. I think you. Oh were. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go go play him. Hey, yeah. coach, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. And again, these two books: Morning Prayers for a Christian School, Essays on Coaching Athletes. It's G-S-T-R-U-S-C-67 at gmail.com or get a hold of me and I'll get you uh, his email address and he'll get those books out and he can get them to you out, out to you pretty quick. Buy them both for $25 or $11 for the, the uh, morning prayers for a Christian school or $16 for essays on coaching athletes. Hey, Coach, thank you so much and, and please say, say hello to your family for me and I look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Thank you, Mike. It was you, enjoyable talking with you. Thank you. Very for, much so. Thank you. On the other side of the break, Elizabeth Kay. She's the, in the morning show on our sister t- station, 99.1 WMYX. And I'll tell you what, her, the last few months, the journey she's been on as a kidney donor, um, she donated her kidney to save her mother-in-law's life. And we're going to talk about what that has done to her in, in kind of her spiritual faith zone. And she's just been uh, been incredible. And we had a long conversation, and I want to tell you more about it on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. 
only on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody, all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. Had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The fan I'd like to really thank Gene Struts. What a uh, what a good guy, retired football coach, Fox Valley Lutheran, author of two books, Morning Prayers for a Christian School, and Essays on Coaching Athletes. Again, we talked a lot about how to get those books, um, and I would certainly do that. Our next guest, and, and let me just tell you real quick, I've worked with Elizabeth Cave for a long time. She's on our sister station, uh, 99.1 WMYX, and has been in the building, and I've known her for a really long time, and I have always been a big fan of hers. And I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. She went to Thomas More. Ah, that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll let her pass on that. But what I've, what, and I've watched her from afar. We've worked together in a couple of programs. But from afar, here's what I love about her. She does not mind work. She's not afraid of it. She will jump in. She'll work hard. She's a great ambassador for, for every station in this building. She's a great ambassador for the city of Milwaukee. And everything went up about 15 notches here the last couple of months in my eyes. She donated a kidney, and, and before we go into that story, her husband, Eric, and I have known each other a long time. He grew up in Watertown. My son, Matthew, went to um, college in Watertown at Maranatha Baptist Bible College, and a number of times through his college years, Eric Hammy would say, look, my mom and dad would love to have your son come over for dinner. But they know that the food at Maranatha is not very good. I'm not kidding. They would love to—he can spend the weekend— if, if he wants. And so the Hammies have always been extremely kind to, to my son, Matthew. And Elizabeth Kay has done something that I just, for me, puts her in a whole different, uh, just an atmosphere that I can't believe. And I'm such a big fan. And, and, I, and I have so much respect for her. She donated a kidney to a complete stranger. And because of that, she really has saved her mother-in-law's life. And we had this conversation, and I told her I had tears flowing down my cheek because not only the physical part, but the spiritual part of Elizabeth Kay, I think, has changed now. Elizabeth, thanks for coming on. How are you? Oh, Mac, I'm doing so great. And thanks for the kind words. You get me choked up when you talk about it. And, and you're right to talk the way you do about the Hammy family because my, my in-laws are such special people, and it was it wasn't a question of would I save my mother-in-law's life when this opportunity came up to do this. When I, when we found out she was in kidney failure. Right. I, I can, and we're going to get, we only have a short amount of time, but the thing that we talked about in the parking lot, when you said, look, I, you know, there are some things that I wanted to happen for myself and, and for my husband. And, and I wanted to be able to, 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 to be able to do this or do that. And I was kind of mad at God. Like, why are you doing this? And it really makes sense now. And when you said, look, I know now why. I didn't, I didn't understand what he was thinking and why he wouldn't help me in this, but I get it now. And that part of it, Elizabeth, I'm telling you, throughout the day, I just, it, it just it choked me up because I think we don't know what God is thinking at times, but boy, he had a plan for you. Well, it's really been a life-changing experience. And, and the backstory, what Mac is, is talking about is, I'm someone that has always wanted to have kids. And I was kind of in the mindset growing up, biologically. That's just kind of what you thought. Like, right. oh, I'm going to have these kids. And I was married before and went through a devastating miscarriage in 2012. And from then on, no doctors have ever been able to figure out why I wasn't able to have kids. But I've been told, you're healthy, you're strong, you're young, you take care of yourself. My whole family, I come from a big Catholic, Polish, German family from the south side of Milwaukee. I have relatives that they stand next to each other and someone gets pregnant. Right. <laughs> and I sit there and go, I have all this love to give. I, I want to do this, and I wasn't able to. And it, this is where I was very angry at yes. God. I was very angry because I thought, what am I here to do then? 
Why? Why has this happened? Well, fast forward to I'm now remarried and have been for almost uh, six years to my husband, Eric, like you mentioned, and I have a wonderful stepson, Brayson. Brace is a good boy. I love that kid yeah. so much. He is he is he's like my own. I love him like he is my own because he is my own. He's lucky to have four parents. You bet. Um, but I'm one of those lucky parents. And it got to a point where I realized, OK, this wasn't my plan. This is not what God wanted for me. And I'm raising Brayson like he's my own and life is good and we're fulfilled. Well, now this situation comes up with my mother-in-law. We find out week of Christmas 2019, she's in stage four kidney failure. And now she needs a kidney. And we're like, okay, what does this mean? What do we do? Right. I go through the testing at UW-Madison out there at uh, UW Health in Madison and they find out that I am healthy enough and strong enough to give a kidney, but I'm not a match for her. And so now we're in the paired exchange program, which means my kidney goes to a stranger, and it, it went off to somebody in Kentucky back on March 30th in exchange for my mother-in-law to get a oh, better kidney. Amen. And she's doing great. She got her kidney from someone in California. But the life-changing experience was when I was first presented with this, I had these heart flutters that went through my body, and I laughed. I seriously laughed because I thought, this is how God – I get emotional. But this, I know. Me this, too. This is, how, this is how God wanted me to give life. 100%. And I can't I, – I just can't even explain how – I feel like free. I feel light. I feel – just I just I laugh I just I laugh because I'm like God you had this all figured out you knew and the bond that I had with my husband when I first met him was so intense and strong I, I can't explain it it wasn't true love in that moment but it was just a, this intense bond and then when I met his family my mother-in-law and I are like clones of each other yes. and we are like best friends and now to see that I was able to do this for her and 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 I I just think about all these times I kept saying why why can't I have a baby? Why can't doctors figure this out? We went to fertility clinics. We went down to Chicago. We tried all these different things, and nothing worked. This is why. This, this is why. This is why. And you know, God allowed you to be angry at him because he knew, right? And this is what I believe, that he knew that one day, you know what, you're gonna. I'm not going to show my hand quite yet, but boy, I'll tell you what. Eric comes into your life, and I know Mr. and Mrs. Hammy, right? I, I don't know them great, but I've met them a couple of times. And they're, if there's two better people on this earth, they're just salt of the earth, great people. And the bond that you have with, with her now, and, and now that, that this is all played out, this is what God had in, in, in store. And Elizabeth, I, I'm telling you, I, I don't know if you and I have ever been in the same room kind of crying the way we are now, <laughs> but I am so I, you just are a whole different level now in my eyes, and the fact that you understand. Look, I didn't know a lot about this stuff. I didn't know this exchange program. We, Mac, we didn't either. We knew nothing about it, and so we felt like if we don't know about this, other people might not know about this. And what I hope this story will do for people is give them hope to give them hope that you may not have all the answers right now of what your plan is, and you may want things to go a certain way, but trust the plan because God's plan's perfect. It's perfect. Hey, if people want to learn more about it, I know that you can Google Elizabeth K and a lot of stories come up um, about all of this, but if people want to know more about it or get involved, if they're feeling led, because a lot of people that listen to Faith in the Zone always feel led to give back and financially or time-wise, is there anything that you're doing that people can get involved in? There are so many things you can do. I mean, Donate Life is huge, but if you are interested in being a living organ donor, go to Donate Life or look up the Paired Exchange Program, which is with the National Kidney Registry, if you want more information or if you know a loved one that needs a kidney. How, how much, um, last question for you, how much have you learned, not only about that, but I'm, I guess I'm more about yourself in these in these last couple of months. Look, I know physically it was really difficult. It, it, it had to be very hard, and it continues to be hard. You can't pick up a gallon of milk yet. No, no, I can't and, and do you're that. A girl, you're a girl that's pretty fit, and you really <laughs> like getting after it. I, I learned that I'm not a quitter, and I learned that I'm strong with my faith and even mentally physically and i learned i'm very blessed you know what i love the, the one of the best parts of the story was eric and again i've known him a long time we've we worked together we played sports together and he you know what he he is a confident tough dude 
And when he when you when he told you, look, while you were in surgery, I almost threw up three times, yeah. and I was a wreck. I was a total wreck. I thank God for that because that would have been me. You know, you got to be strong. And then as soon as they wheel you in, you know, he's freaking out because you know it's his mom and his wife. You know, but the strength of him through all of this has been something that I've leaned on so much, Amen. and we've never been stronger through this. I mean, we are forever bonded. I may not have been able to provide a branch on the family tree, but I made the roots a lot deeper. Oh, that's a good line. Eric came up with that line. You know what? Eric that, came up with that because he's right. That really should be somewhere on the wall in, in your house. I, I have to tell you, thank you for doing this. I, I thought I would love to tell this story, but but have thank Elizabeth you, come thank in. You. Yeah, I you know the love that I have for you and your family is 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 really unbelievable and the respect I have for you. So Elizabeth, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on twelve fifty AM the fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on 1250 a.m., the fan. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked 12 outsiders Nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose Okay, picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever Or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.